everybody. Thanks for listening to the USL show sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, your home for national team, USL and MLS scarves, as well as custom scarves for your club or personal use. Check them out at roughneckscarves.com. This podcast is also produced by the beautiful game network of podcasts, which we are very proud to be a part of and eternally grateful for Mike Sparks for putting that all together, which he will love me saying. And that's why I did it. Definitely check the whole network out bgn.fm as well as on Twitter at the BGN FM. I'm Evan Valella, joined sometimes by my soccer colleagues, sometimes by soccer acquaintances, but they are always my soccer friends. And for the next hour or so, I will be your moderator, host, or maybe even your facilitator of a discussion of the week uh, that was in USL play, as well as the week that will be in USL play. Joining me this week, it is the waviest man in the St. Louis metropolitan area, the cream in your Irish coffee. It's Phil Grimms. Hello, everybody. How's it going, man? Pretty good. I'm uh, good. looking at your your fresh haircut and your new custom jersey. That looks real good. It is. It is. It's not a. It's. It's. Let's not tell people that it's a custom because the club doesn't have the letters to actually do those. T- uh, it's yeah. not custom. <laughs> it's not custom. <laughs> so everybody. It's, it's not. It doesn't exist. I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's uh, it's the best parts of Chuck Polinick and and Elliot Smith. Um, if he could do any more podcasts, he would be uh, another person that does more podcasts, but I don't know who that would be. It's big Kev, Kevin McCamish. What up? How's it going, man? Good. Good. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm all right. Thank you. No one ever asks me how I am, by the way, in these Gosh, intros. Kevin, why'd you even ask? That? You know, no, it's always, it's always, it. hey, how's it going, I, I, Phil or Kev or Pony or Ryan or whoever? And they're always like, oh, I'm good, man. I'm like, great. And no one ever returns the favor. So, oh, Kevin, man. thank you. I care about him. You know how much I care about him? I got him a pride scarf. So He did. It's back there. <laughs> got a Portland one coming your way. Ba-pow. That's awesome. Portland Timbers, here we go. Um, big six-point weekend over the Sounders. Anyway, we're digressing. If USL had an Equestria, he would be a Rainbow Dash. He's more like... Pony, what's the pink one that's really annoying? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, this is this is going off the rails quickly. That would be Pinkie Pie, oh. by the way. Oh right, okay. So basically, um, your your Pinkie Pie like off air, but on air, um, you're like the evil one that no one likes from the movie. <laughs> oh, okay, that's yep. that's new. So how are mm-hmm. you doing? I'm I'm great. How are you? See, it's great because I made that reference for one person and it was you. So the fact that you were able to understand it and no one else will doesn't really matter because like that's the whole bit. Top notch content. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. Guys, um the good news is uh as of right now, we're not a my little pony friendship is magic podcast. Although Soon. stay tuned. Don't stay tuned. <laughs> um it won't happen. We're a soccer podcast, so let's talk about the soccers. Uh Starting with um, the news, the news portions of the USL um, and the big one coming out, the Chicago Cubs uh, owner, as well as the Derby County minority owner, Tom Ricketts is going to start a Chicago franchise, including a stadium in the North side, um, which is interesting. It's very interesting. It's exciting, right? Yeah. And then everyone immediately tried to ruin our fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> especially. Yeah, N- I mean that's what happens. Especially Napoon. Napoon was like, uh, "What did he say? Something like USL it was, and the Chicago uh, our, Fire." Our good friend gonna... Napoon from from Sock Takes, yeah. who seemed to be so much smarter than everyone else, it almost hurts me <laughs> in, in just terms of how they look at 
you know, transactions and things in the sport, but his tweet, uh, from a couple days ago was, you know, what if the plan here isn't USL competing with MLS? What if the plan here is the USL team launching and buying out the fire? And, and he thinks the MLS and the fire might be in on it, which would be amazing. <laughs> that's top, top tier conspiracy theory, but I that's, mean, what that's if? very like bond villain. I'm going to tell you how I'm going to kill you, but it's just super elaborate so that you'll have time to get away. Kind <laughs> totally. of like, vibes. I love that. That's really good. So if you want to just think of like Don Garber as, I don't know, like odd job with a giant hat or, uh, you know, jaws with the teeth or I don't know, like a less serious note, Dr. Evil, maybe Goldfinger. Goldfinger, <laughs> I will turn your club into gold. <laughs> I mean, that's the worst case scenario, right? I like to focus that on he the turns best. a club into gold. I mean, that's probably the most extravagant scenario. Uh, it's very extravagant. That's the Donald Trump method, I think. Um, yeah, I think we just gave Las Vegas their next uh, week. Ooh, there, we go. Yeah, there you yeah, go. We're going to turn our llamas to gold. Our 2019 <laughs> home kit is just body paint. <laughs> But I like to focus on the best possible scenario, which is sure. this team coming in with a giant, I forget how many, oh, a 20,000 seat stadium is going to be built on the north side of Chicago. So that mm-hmm. is, you know, it's the MLS model. It's in a place where the MLS model failed miserably in the Chicago fire, at least the way they wanted to be downtown, have um, public yep. transit to the place, yep. that whole atmosphere yep. where all the young kids are to grow the sport in America. In America. <laughs> So USL is doing that in Chicago the way MLS should have done it, and I'm really mm. excited about that. I also Pony, think, yeah, go. Sorry. What are what are the odds Michael Jordan plays for this team? Ah, fifty fifty probably. I mean, he's done almost every other sport. Yeah. Acclaimed curler, very good jockey. A lot of you know. Top notch internet. Some movie. people called him the the American Kasparov, you know, when he was playing chess back in the day. But that's yeah. that's neither here nor there. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anything else you guys have been thinking about this Chicago USL thing? Um, man, it's happening so far away from now. Like I, two years or so. Like I, I'm just excited to see what they're going to bring in terms of what they're going to be called, what their logo is going to be. You know, once it starts to get more real and we start to see more about the team, that'll be, that'll be really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a great idea though. The hype is real in my life for this team to be something huge. I'm sure we'll talk more about it. And then not to be outdone by not being in this country and or available to record tonight. Ryan did a quick search through the MLS salary database that came out two weeks ago. Uh, and it looks like a couple of the highest players, highest paying players in, in USL are guys that, uh, that are on two teams, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, including John McCarthy of, of Bethlehem steel. Most weeks he's on 95 K a year. Um, Tomas Hillard Arce is on 90 K on a rookie deal for, for Los Angeles galaxy two. Um, and then Andrew Carlton's at 75 K the, the Atlanta United slash Atlanta United two uh, boy. But then he says, uh, Kev, Jeff Atanella for Portland, who's making like $115,000 a year is probably the highest paid player to record a minute in USL. <laughs> yeah, but he's also the starting keeper for the first team. It's true. I mean, yeah. he, he, the only reason why he even has a USL minute, like a game, basically, is just to get, you know, get that match fitness. He needed to get back into it. So, but, uh. 
I mean, I, I, yeah, I guess that technically counts, but I mean, 115,000 might be it's expensive for you to sell, but it's dirt cheap for your starting goalkeeper in MLS. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. The Arce you know, thing, and, and, Thomas Hilliard Arce thing, though, like 90,000, that's, I mean, that's a lot of money for a USL, USL player if it's not a but team that's, like. That's Cincinnati. an MLS rookie deal, though. And that's still pretty high for that, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I he mean, was, that's third pick, right? Second pick? Yeah, pick? he was up yeah. there two or three. I think there's tiers for which round you get picked or something like that. So <laughs> Sounds right. So, yeah, I mean, that's, anyway. that's good. That's awesome that Ryan looked all that up for us. So thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. You're great. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, U.S. Open Cup. Hey, our friends in FC Cincinnati made the news again for bad things. Uh, only allotting... What was it? Twenty-five tickets for Detroit City in the Open Cup, which is just dumb. That's at, that dumb's your word. I would have gone bullshit, but yeah. Well, that's <laughs> fair. Yeah. And what was the capacity of the stadium they held that game at? I forgot. Nine hundred thousand. No, was it like twenty-five hundred? <laughs> something like that. It was yeah, something really small. I mean, it was. It, yeah, it wasn't at a, at Nippert, so I mean, it wasn't like they were sitting on thirty thousand seats or whatever. But I mean, to only allocate twenty-five. Oh yeah, it's if that feels like gamesmanship, right? Kinda. I I don't know. Except, uh, except they're it, pushing it just, around Detroit City, so it's gonna get ugly. Yeah, yeah that's I, definitely part of it. Like that, that's a very passionate fan base mm-hmm. as well. So that didn't, you know, help things. Yeah, I almost wanted to buy. It was just dumb at the front office and kind of more reckless and ignorant than malicious. But you don't really, I think it was just a really stupid move and it blew up in their face. Yeah. And I mean, if this happened to them at all, Cincinnati would just go absolutely nuts if they're on the receiving end of this one. (laughs) That's true. It's true. That's the other part of it is that that's why it's so great to see, you know, see Cincinnati do this to Detroit city. It's just like the perfect couple. Yeah. it could be a show, a hundred percent. If those were two if it people, was, if it was like the Michigan Bucks, or if it was like right. you know Christos, or like Reading United, or you know like another PDL team, or a non-league team, or whatever, like Minneapolis City or Providence City, I don't think there'd be as big of a of an outrage, really. Um, but you, you just happen to piss off one of the most vocal and and passionate fan bases in that kind of non-league or, or, or very low league soccer. Um, and you're getting what you deserve for doing that, if I'm honest. Mm. So I, I'm sure I won't make anybody in Cincy happy with me calling them attendance FC and all that nonsense. But, um, you know, regardless of, of what you think, I think about the club and, and, and everything like that, like this is just dumb. Yeah. And I still say it would be interesting, not saying it should happen or if anyone from Detroit's listening to this, you should do it or not is if Cincinnati and I think it's Pittsburgh win the games in Pittsburgh. And it would be very funny if a bunch of angry Detroit fans buy all the tickets for the Pittsburgh game. <laughs> you guys don't have to show up, you know, just, just buy them. Just buy them all. That would be hilarious. Yes. I'm a fan from Cincinnati. I'd like to buy a ticket to the game for Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy all of your tickets, please. Yeah, all yeah. of them, please. All of the tickets, please. <laughs> um, it's good. Yeah. I'll defend Cincy in that at least this is just like what they have to do for the Open Cup, and they don't do this in any other games like other. Because well, they legally can't really. Well, I don't know. 
what did like this is what I was getting at is what the hell was Swope Park trying to do for a couple games this year and then got kicked that's out. Fair. So that's that that's the parallel I was drawing there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I love the Open Cup. I really do. I think it's a oh, great tournament. Um, me too. I'm obsessed. But there's so many things where I'm like, we just need to change that. Well, it just needs a lot of change needs to happen, and it needs more attention, and it, yep. that takes money. It's a whole mess. It deserves a lot more attention than it gets. I mean, ESPN mm-hmm. Plus should pick up every freaking game, or at least a few each round. I would say. I don't think yep. we're anywhere near that happening, unfortunately. No, 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 not at all. Speaking of unfortunate things. Week nine happened and it was crazy in the East, especially, but I think kind of throughout the the league, it was a weird one starting with the, with Penn FC beating Toronto one, nothing, uh, super unfortunate. Um, this, this game is a bloodbath in, in a lot of ways. Uh, the short of it, Penn FC wins Miguel Jaime chips, uh, Angelo Cavaluso, in the 87th minute. And not only does Cavaluso not save the ball, which he was actually doing really well up until this point, mm. he apparently ruptured his Achilles. Uh, our, our friends over at waking the red James Grossi got the scoop on that one from one of TFC two's assistants saying that Angela ruptured his Achilles and is probably out for a year. Cause that's not a uh, common injury or a, a very easy to repair one. Nope. Um, so it looks like Cavaluso might be out for the rest of the, uh, of the season, which would be horrifying for them. Yeah, he's by far their best player and probably a top five keeper in the league. Yep. He actually had a PK safe earlier in that game, too. Mm, that's right. Shocking. I was wondering if Mark Pace, who was, you know, playing for T2 last year a lot before mm-hmm. Cavaluso had his run, um, he was a St. Louis player two years ago. I wondered if he'd get called back in, but I don't know if maybe they have academy people because I haven't seen him called up yet. But he's been training I honestly with St. Louis. Forget who came in for him, but I would imagine it'll be whoever that was, right. or it might be an academy kid. It, it depends, I guess, on on what they want to do. Or he comes in and they put an academy kid on the bench. That would make a lot of sense. It's, yeah, it's what St. Louis yeah. has been doing this season without mm-hmm. Gomez. So yeah. Um, so that being said with Cavaluso out for the rest of the year, does Toronto find a way to win a game or is that such a big blow to them that that's the death knell already? They should pick up something. They're not that bad. They don't look like a complete dumpster fire. True. But the wins might be harder to come by. Right. I think this probably will cost them maybe 10 points, but Hmm. that's a lot. That's a whole lot. Maybe not that much, but still, I think it costs them at least one win, one or two wins. I think, yeah, I think that's very fair. I think 10 is fair, too. It could cost them three or at least one win and a couple draws or a few draws. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, the, do they, uh, the other question is, do they care? They might be excited to give this this other guy some minutes. To no, see what he can I, do. I, I don't think you're excited to see a kid with that much. I don't even want to call it potential because he's that good already. But, yeah. you know. A, a guy that could use those minutes in terms of you don't want to displace any of your MLS guys right now, but that's clearly the future of your, of your goalkeeping mm. situation. Um, maybe, you know, it's always interesting because guys have to step up now and you'll get to, you get to try a couple of things out at goalkeeper. Um, and they might be looking forward to that because they might have a couple guys in the Academy or even just kind of that aren't getting minutes right now that they're high on. Um, 
but I mean, that's, that's such a huge blow for them for sure. It's, and you know, it sucks. Angelo feel better, get better. Yeah. <laughs> Cause we're rooting for you. Yeah. There's, there's any team in USL. A lot of teams in MLS would take a goalkeeper of, of that caliber for sure. Mm-hmm. So. Speaking of St. Louis players, Valeski yeah. got 90 with Ayo. OKC. Uh, Phoenix 3-0 win over Oklahoma City. Um, Phoenix is really good. <laughs> They're just, like, really good. They're not dropping points. Not easily. No. And they're still second. Mm-hmm. Right. As good as they are, they're second place. Yeah. It's still a 1-2 for the West. They've been really consistently, you know, getting mm-hmm. points every single game, I feel like. I'm, I don't know if that's 100% true. I don't know if Pony knows, but um, I feel like they haven't lost this year, have they? Uh, one loss to Monarchs. That's right. And, yeah, to that team. So. Yep. The other really good team. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, Phoenix is good, I think. I mean, it's been said they're really good, and Oklahoma City is going very, very south quickly. Oh man, what's isn't aren't they setting a record for that? I think they just tied the longest post Antigua losing run. Oh, Antigua. Oh, You'll never beat Antigua. Well, I kept... <laughs> no, no, no. That was the problem. Everyone beat Antigua. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. But this has just been a dumpster fire for Oklahoma City, who we all thought would be at least decent this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently not. Tulsa won. Reno won. Oklahoma's bleeding. Yeah, this was Tulsa's fifth draw in a row. Yeah. They still haven't won, but they had a five draw streak going there. Yeah, I don't know if I like that or not. Like, I don't know if I would be okay with that. No, I think they have every right to not be okay with it for the fans, the players, and everyone involved. But I think they're a lot better than the record is. They're not a playoff team, but they don't deserve to be right there at the bottom of the table. That's for sure. Hmm. I don't know. I kind of feel like they do, but they are, they are doing better than I keep. Every time I watch them, they, I think they're going to give up in a game and and they don't, they, they push Mm -hmm. hard. They're scrappy. Like I kind of went on a a rant about last week. I'm really surprised they're not doing worse than they are. So good for that. I don't think, yeah, I don't think the opposite watch them. If you watch and said after nine games, I'll have five points. I'd say it's definitely more than five. It's not, maybe it's like 10 range, 10 to 12, but Hmm. we'll see how they, they, they have to, they have to stop getting unlucky at some point here. Yeah. Uh, SLC versus Swope Park. Carlton Belmar continues to score goals, which is great if, you know, you're under my same train of thought and that he'll probably end up with more goals than some franchises. And then, uh, SLC just kind of do what they do and scored three times. And Brad Evans know how that one, uh, with an own goal to make it four one. So, um, is there anyone that can beat real monarchs? Is that just not going to be a thing this year? Like, are they going to like red bull of the Western conference, this whole thing? And that'll be the end of it. I They're bound to slip up to a couple of good teams here and there. I mean, I think Phoenix could beat them on. Yeah. I mean, that would be a close one most days. I think uh, the other top West teams, if they're playing well, could still edge them out. Remember last year, Monarchs started really, really well and just dropped off in the second half. I'm mm. waiting to see if they do that again, where they went from being the clear one team to still like 
a top team, but no longer the dominant force they were. Yeah, I'd like to see him keep put up. I keep would, for some reason I keep thinking they're going to drop off at some point, especially watching you know Louisville City, which we'll talk about. You know, take a couple what a draw and a loss in the last couple yep. weeks. So um, I think else we'll see a hit will hit that, and um, you know I think you know obviously if history is correct, it'll happen late in the season. Okay, have your I, thoughts. Well, I was going to say, um, I think the scening, the season-defining moment for SLC is going to be they'll they'll take a couple hits like I think all teams are going to. The question is, will it be like last season where, you know, the wheels obviously didn't come off, but basically but they kind of grinded to a halt mm-hmm. as far as, you know, like, like Pony was saying, being the uh, dominant force in the West. Or if it's just going to be like, all good teams, you know, you take a little a hiccup here, a hiccup there, but you keep on chugging along and, yeah. and, uh, and you stay dominant. Um, in particular, I mean, if they, if they want to win anything in the postseason, they'll want to have a good run, uh, in towards the end of the season for sure. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And you know, you hearing you say that, I think you're dead on there, Kev. And I think teams that I think will give them a good matchup are just really good defensive teams. Teams like maybe Colorado at home. I could see San Antonio at home, pulling one out on them with some good counterattacks. And then, um, uh, what was I thinking? Like St. Louis or Portland, even, I think Portland's shown that they have a really good defense. So it'd be interesting to see who will beat them. Cause I think we're all agreeing here that someone will at some point. I, th- yeah. I think, the teams that are my so Salt Lake City versus Phoenix was that at was that at Salt Lake City? Uh, Phoenix, I believe. Was it Phoenix? Okay, well then, never mind about that. <laughs> I, Phoenix is a really good team, and whether it's home on the road, they're probably the only team I think in the West that can give Salt Lake City a run for their money mm-hmm. on a, usually on a good day. As far as teams at home that could probably hold out against Salt Lake City, I, I think Phil's right. St. Louis and Portland. Being um, good defensively, although this week St. Louis not very good defensively. No. Sorry, Phil. Um, oh, see. Those those teams at home could could put up a fight. Um, I mean, T two actually did very well against Salt Lake City. You know, if you only look at the last sixty five minutes of their match in Salt Lake <laughs> City, uh, to be fair. So yeah, I mean, there's going to be teams. There'll be there will be scenarios that are going to occur where someone's going to beat Salt Lake City once or twice or maybe a couple times, but. Like I said, for them to define their season and be better than they were last season, they will not want to grind to a halt as the season comes to a close. Yeah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fresno 2, RGV FC 2. Um, Fresno a little unlucky in the in that, you know, own goal for Connor Donovan. But um, good game, solid game. I, I think we really underestimated the Foxes going into the season. Pony did. Pony was really high on them. That's fair. Yeah. So I think I overestimated them at this point. Mm-hmm. They just can't pull out wins. They're good at not getting beat, though. Yeah, they are. It's, yeah, I, it's what I said last time. Like, they could keep drawing, and then they could explode into the playoffs and go on a run. You could see it happen because, you know, yeah. just not losing is something in itself. There's something to be said for it. Yeah, but they only have two wins. Yeah, but just get into the playoffs and, and get <laughs> yeah, out at the right just time. Just get in. It's hard. They'll, they could be. They'd be hard out for the playoffs, but they actually yeah. have to get there. And yeah. if they keep drawing every game, they're not going to do that. Right. That's true. We'll see. Uh, up next, a child born in this millennia. God, <laughs> <laughs> it's rough. 
<laughs> what did I do with my... Is it Someone too- who was born after I graduated high school. Ooh, I like that one so much better. How about that? Yep. Oh, man. For me, too. That's that's rough. He's young. Phil, it was against your team. Me. It was against my team. And I think Zubak is 17, so that might be true for him, too. I yeah. don't know what year that so, is in birth, but... Phil, if this if this match between Los Angeles and St. Louis was a BuzzFeed article, it would be six ways millennials are killing St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's good. Bow. And it's because of two hat tricks. Zubak with one, uh, which was great in and of itself. But the one that made the news, uh, Efrain Alvarez, the 15 year old with a hat trick. Yeah, so this oh. is a this is a Mexican national. He's playing for their youth youth teams, stolen from the United States. Um, could be as good or better than Jonah Gonzalez. And yeah, I don't sh- want a Freddie to do this kid. I right do because he wants well, to play but he's for Mexico. Mexico so why not? Uh, why not Freddie do? Uh, make him Mexico. Best thing ever. But he, he is the best thing ever. I mean, uh, what was I going to say? What's his name? I'm sorry. Zubak looked good. He did a great job, especially for being uh, a number nine uh, as a young kid. I think he was really impressive, but more so Alvarez is, he just pulled some moves on, on one of our defenders that just, uh, it was a beautiful goal. He did a great job getting around a guy and sending it into the corner. Uh, perhaps it should have been saved by the goalkeeper, but either way, Alvarez looks really good. He's going to be a special player. Uh, we do have hope as Americans because I think there's what's a 15-year-old named Yanez who also plays on the wing for Los Dos. So if you're watching for young guys in the USL, watch Zubak, watch Alvarez, watch Yanez. They're all mm-hmm. really good young players. I'd love to maybe talk to them in, in the future if I can pull that off, and I might try to do it. Um, you legitimately have to ask their parents. I'm, yeah, you're probably right. I didn't think about <laughs> no, that. it's it's true. You have to you'd have to ask the academy that they're a part of, and then their parents have to sign off on it. But. Man, I guess my what I, the last thing I want to say about it is that uh, they did really well in this game, and I think any team would have at least given up a couple goals. St. Yes. Louis looked especially bad playing kind of the bottom of their lineup in a few spots, and um, they just looked terrible. They looked really bad. I hope it's an outlier. All of St. Louis hope that game was an outlier. But we'll see throughout the season if they can uh, keep it, so, get back to their old ways of defending well. So Ethan Zubak, he's 20 years old. He actually just turned 20 on mm. April 15th. Thanks for correcting me because I, I so he, really he's a little was, bit older. I really thought he was 17. So never mind. So so well, he's, he's been playing with LA Galaxy 2 uh, since 2015. Okay. Oh. So this is his third the season. The old guard. So he, I think he started <laughs> when he was about 17. Grizzled um, other thing that we should probably mention, uh, particularly, this is the first time that St. Louis scored more than one goal in a match. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of fight in the team, but I didn't want to sound like a homer. I, I thought it would be like 6-1 to one at the end of this game, even like 20 minutes into this. Um, but they really did fight back and got more goals than they usually score. So that's something. Yeah. yeah, this this was absurd for both teams. Going to end of this game, LA had scored five goals all season, and St. Louis had only allowed six. For the score to be six to three, there's, I mean, that's like season totals for both teams right there. Yeah. It's a mess. <laughs> but LA might actually be turning a corner. They got a couple big scoring games in a row. No. Who knows? I truly no. think so. I think Not so. Not yet. No. Wait, one <laughs> more game. <damn> <laughs> And then we go from that, which was high scoring, entertaining um, on the Western Conference, to Pittsburgh and Indy just deciding 
to play out a nil-nil draw in what I'll call the return to Lily Ball. It's only Lily Ball if there's an 85th minute goal to win 1-0. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this was just Pittsburgh walking down. They looked the better team and they got a draw 0-0 against a good side. I mean, it's basically what you expect when you see Pittsburgh go against a solid team. I mean, it kind of proves Pittsburgh's good. Indy's nothing to be trifled with. They're probably not quite a top four side, but they're probably one of the best of that second tier. Pony, can you nail down what makes Indy a decent side? I've hated them all season, and, and they're getting some results, and I don't get wow. it. I mean, I th- their defense is actually good. It's just despite a few bad, despite that weird high-scoring game against Cincinnati, they've actually looked solid on defense for the most part. And their attack, while it's not great, isn't really anemic or anything like that. They have no. a few quality results, like you said. They, I mean, they they beat Louisville. They beat Richmond on the road. They beat North Carolina in, in Nashville. I mean, at home, they're they've lost both games to Cincinnati. But I don't know. I think they just look more consistent than anyone else. They've only given up multiple goals on one occasion. And that's after now eight games, including a few solid sides. Yeah. While they're not elite, I think they're better than the than your next tier. If you're Nashville, or North Carolina, you're like I don't know, you're maybe your New Yorks or things like that. They, yeah. I think they're better than that group, even though they are. But, but by no means you're going to win the East. That by no means you're going to make a deep playoff run. Mm-hmm. But I think out of the teams who are probably on the road, they're one of the ones you don't want to see. Hmm. I will say I think they're being saved by, and I'm I'm blanking on his name. What is the the winger slash striker from Sporting Kansas City that they have? Um, he played for Sporting last year in MLS, but not, he, is it Benny Failhaber? No, <laughs> he's played for LAFC. Right, right. Was it the Mackin Mackin? No, 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 no. Jack no. was with the I keep wanting last. to say it's Shallowy or Saloy, but he still plays for Sporting. It's something like that. It's one of those like. Sunny Saad. Thank you. Sunni Saad's been scoring some bangers for them, and he, I think, might be the only reason they are as good as they are. Probably. Almost like a Dan Kelly effect. I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. say possibly that's that's true. It's that little bit of quality that they need to take them to that next level in the East, yeah. especially where you need a couple guys that can steal points from you, especially by scoring goals and not just playing good defense. And that's what I've been saying about Nashville all season, mm-hmm. is that if they had one of those guys, they'd be so much better. Well. Oh, yeah. Hold on to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Colorado won Las Vegas nil in a game that Colorado probably should have made two or three here, but they get a win. Yeah, Vegas is starting to turn into the team we thought they'd be at the start yeah. of the season. Yes. I mean, they're still better better on defense, and I think we all thought they'd be on defense, but Colorado Springs is quietly a very good team. I think they've now played 12 games and only allowed multiple goals once. They're going to be another one of those teams that you look past and get burned because they're going to beat you 1-0 or they're going to hold you to a 0-0 or 1-1 draw. I'd like to see them get a better goal scorer because I don't think they really have the pure guy who could count on to put up 12 goals in a season. Mm-hmm. But I think they actually can make some movements in the West if everything starts breaking right and maybe they get one good signing. Yeah, and they mm-hmm. have they have that uh, attacker from Fiji. He's a national team player for what? Nah, it's not Fiji. I'm getting that wrong, but for a Pacific uh, team down there, and um, he will New have. Zealand? No, it's not New Zealand. But 
anyway, he, they will have these weird games where they score at least two two goals, and they'll have these breakouts, and then they'll have a lot of games where they'll struggle to score at all, kind of like Pony was alluding to. They're a weird team, mm-hmm. but if they lose that player for too long, um, that may be troublesome, but but he's he's doing good for them. I think it might be Malcolm. It is, yes. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, That's it. yeah, I know they lost Kasher in the offseason, too. That one, I think, hurt him a bit. Exactly. Another very good striker. Speaking of hurting a bit, Ottawa 2, Atlanta nil. They did it. Guys, they did it. Guys, they did it. Guys, they did it. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy for him. How did it Steven does Santos, 26-minute, Carl Hayworth, 35th-minute. Ottawa 2, Atlanta, no goals. I didn't watch this one, I think, for for obvious reasons. I thought it would be a blowout. (laughs) Um, Did anyone catch this? I need to. (laughs) Not much of this one. I think this wasn't really a a highlight game. But, again, Ottawa might not be the worst team in the world when when they get the right matchup in Atlanta. In Ottawa points from most teams it's kind of like tampa except they're not as good <laughs> mm. isn't that a lot of teams in the east like uh, uh, that's how you could describe them they're tampa, tampa Bay, but they're not as good <laughs> except for like maybe away because then they're they're probably a lot better i think most anyway. people are hey moving on slc one fresno nil michael chang Eighth minute, and then you could have turned this game off and not missed a whole lot. SLC continue to be the best in the West, and they sit in first, one point ahead of Phoenix, but they've got a game in hand. I know someone here who likes to talk about game in hands. Oh, is someone, uh, has some team not played as many games as the others? (laughs) One of these things. I missed it. I'm sorry. Because one of these teams has only played eight times or, or whatever. Um, yes. That's, I think that's the scariest thing is that not only are SLC better than everybody else, they haven't played as many games as everybody else. And you know, that's going to matter in some way, shape or form at the end of the season. They're good. And if you have seen Salt Lake city play and you've seen Fresno play, like, I feel like this, this game, you could have just imagined what it was. And, yeah. and guessed that this is what it was. They looked exactly like you thought they would. <laughs> they are who we think they are. Yeah. I watched Pretty a good much. like 45 minutes of this game and I was like, well, this is exactly what I thought would happen. Exactly. <laughs> <This is> exciting. <laughs> hey, uh, Charleston two, Bethlehem one. Um, honestly, Charleston worked balls out wide and then exploited Steele's inexperience at the back and, and got a two one win. Not a whole lot to it. I've been going on about Guerra. I found out he's, he's been playing as a striker. Where last year he was more of a ten, um, and or maybe a removed striker. I know that's he was definitely playing under uh, yep. Romario Williams in the first part of the season, and he's showing that he has the talent to to do the number nine job. I think he's been very very good. And that second goal they got for Gordon Wild, where he just kind of came in and, and hit a really difficult angle on that header was, was great. Yeah. Um, I, I think Charleston's going to be fine this year for sure. I think Bethlehem will be fine too, but I, you know, they've had a, a really strange schedule. Well, what are they in second place right now in the East? 
Charleston? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Not. No one would have guessed that. Not at all. And and I I wanted to bring this up because I've I met I wrote down his name and I forgot it. The coach's name um, I forget what it is, but he has done well. Charleston? Yeah. Do you remember Mike Anheuser? That guy, he, I just think he's good. I think he knows he's how to phenomenal. figure it out no matter what he's working with. And I think that's something, like, Charleston never get rid of him. I think he's, he's they very haven't. good. That's the point. Yeah, like exactly. Him and Kalashal have both been there forever, and it's it's because it works out for him. It's crazy. Right. See that segue? Lee Kalashal, 1-0. Richmond kickers beat Tampa Bay <laughs> at City Stadium. Dane Kelly appears and scores off of a ball <laughs> from Austin Yearwood, who's one of my weird favorite he's like kyle becker but not canadian for me um (laughs) what we've learned is tampa bay is still not any better on the road and it'll still come back to bite them in the ass somehow yeah it's it's an entirely different looking team it's just stunning it's it's to me if and I haven't listened to unused substitutes. And actually I really regretted that about an hour or two ago because I wonder what they're saying exactly. Someone's got to be calling for that coach's head because they have way too much talent to be doing this way too they much have way talent. too much, too many resources too. Exactly. You I mean, look at, I mean, they're, they're as deep as anybody. They might be the deepest team in the league. I mean, maybe, and, and for this to be their road form, not that I don't think Richmond can can surprise people at home because they certainly can. 100%. But I I don't get it for Tampa. If it wasn't, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they've played three home games, shut out every single opponent, yep. including the Monarchs. That's the only loss the Monarchs have is in Tampa, and on the road they've have five straight shutout losses after being North Carolina Week One. It just it's I have no idea what's going on and it's it's conf- confusing and scary that this team could be so much worse on the road. It's not like, yeah. well, this team wins all their home games. It gets and is okay on the road. This is on the road. They could arguably be one of the worst teams in the entire league right now. Yep. I think if I was the coach, I would throw the, the, the playbook out the window for away games and maybe try bunkering for a few games or maybe, you know, focus yeah. on counterattack because they possess the ball. They do the same thing in every game. Like, just do something different. Do something extreme because it is that bad where people are going to start asking questions. The owner should be by now. The owner should well, be yeah. up his ass right now. Yep. Bill Edwards is intense. I'm sure that's... It probably it might be happening. Not beyond him for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of intense things that are happening that don't usually happen, Cincinnati get blown out by Charlotte. This is the weirdest game of the week. I it think. really is, isn't it? I watched a decent amount and I just couldn't believe they kept scoring and scoring and scoring. Cincinnati just looked bad. They look on us. There was, there was a couple games last year, like early in the season where I thought that Cincinnati just kind of looked uninterested in playing defense. Hmm. I kind of felt this this that way about this game where they wanted to, to get dragged in the shootout. It looked like a little bit, but then didn't score. <laughs> they did have I think I didn't look at the stats for this game, but I think that it have a lot of shots and a lot of maybe even they shots did. on goal. Yeah. I feel like the stats were closer than the score line. But as far as who was controlling the game, it was Charlotte the whole time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, it was closer than the scoreline showed. I mean, Charlotte was by clear the better team on this one, but it was closer than the scoreline was. For me, I'm just a little bit more concerned. And I've said it a few times that that defense for Cincinnati is a little bit too inconsistent for me. Especially mm-hmm. when I'd be giving up four goals to Charlotte, who hadn't scored in the last four games. You can't give yeah. up two to Atlanta, who is not that great of a team. You give up two to Indy, who, again, scoring is not their strong point. Two to Pittsburgh. It's one of those where if they could clear up their defense, I think Cincinnati, you could mm-hmm. almost make the argument, is the best team in the East. But mm-hmm. that defense right now is so inconsistent. So I, yeah. I, I did have a good conversation with Boston because um, I was from Cincinnati Soccer Talk. And I think I can't remember what I said the previous week about. And he, he said it sounded like I was a bit confused about their setup. Um, but he did want to make it clear that that the first few games where they did well defensively, part of that was how well their goalkeeper did, who is out right now. That's another variable to pay attention to. Um, but when they started getting the attack in order was when they went to a 4-4-2 diamond, and, mm-hmm. and the attack started taking off, rightly so, and they gave up a few more goals, and then obviously this game is, is part of that whole, um, that whole equation. So uh, maybe watch, you know, what is Cincy playing in what formation are they in are they going to defend or are they going to attack um if i were Koch, i think i would pick and choose when and where to do those things i know mm-hmm. charlotte maybe wasn't expected to score four goals like that so so why bunker in or anything like that but um but at the same time maybe if you're away maybe try focusing on defense if you're if you're cincinnati and getting that in order because obviously defending works let's look at you know what pittsburgh what they're doing right now <laughs> yeah pretty good yeah, I mean, to me, with the exception of the Ottawa game, Cincinnati's looked better in their lowest-scoring matches than their highest-scoring matches, even their mm. highest-scoring wins. The lowest-scoring wins, they look like a clearly better team. Mm. Kev, Speaking the defensive teams. Yeah. The the baby Cascadia Cup rivalry from the weekend, unless your okay. academies played each other. Cascadia Sippy Cup? Ooh, very good. See, but I want that to be the academy teams. I want this to be like the Cascadia, like I don't know, PBR Cup. Nah. <laughs> no. <laughs> what's a teenage coming of age? Wait, uh, what's the vampire the Cascadia movies? Cascadia Candles Cup. Are we naming movies now? <laughs> no. What's the vampire <laughs> movies that were in Cascadia? We need to use those. Buffy the no. Wait, the, the vampire I don't know. movie Twilight. We need to use oh, some kind of Twilight no, reference there. No, they were no, filmed in Cascadia. No, we're okay. No, okay. No, I'm 35, okay. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm turning 36 this year. Oh, okay. Hey. So I'm 35 now. Hey, uh, Phil. Anyway, uh, yeah, so Portland's doing pretty good. Tying, they're tied with Pittsburgh for the league lead in shutouts. Not as good as Pittsburgh because they've got six and eight, and Portland has six and ten, but... Still, as a defensive, I mean, they're they're shown to be a very good defensive team. Very much so. Yeah, uh, and then this also this was what Saturday. Mm-hmm. This was Saturday late in the day, uh, and then the first teams can play on Sunday. This was the first gut punch that Seattle took uh, on the weekend. Um, Eric Williamson's first pro goal uh, was the latest goal scored in T two history at the ninety hmm. second minute. So uh, it was literally like three seconds left 
yeah. in two minutes of stoppage time, the last kick of the game, uh, Williamson got all three points for Portland. So that had to sting. And then the very next day, the first teams played not as late of a goal, but uh, it was scored the 86th minute, and then Portland beat Seattle 1 0 there. So not a good week for Seattle fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 100th match between Seattle and Portland for the games that kind of actually matter. <laughs> yeah. Not that USL games don't matter, but. Hey, you know, it's still bragging it, rights. It is. And if you, but I'm just saying, like, if you see an open cup between Seattle and Portland, it's literally T2 versus S2, and they're just like, right. whatever. Whoever goes, goes. <laughs> Uh, speaking of going, Didier Drogba decided to go off in this match. 5-1 win over Tulsa for Phoenix. Drogba scores in the fourth minute and then uh, feeds Lambert for the second in the 66 off of a free kick and then scores a nice goal in the 69th minute off of a free kick. Nice. Did you guys see the uh, Drogba magic water? That they were pretending to sell. Yeah, they're gonna was... they're gonna do a, a giveaway of Drogba magic water, which can heal everything. I'm sure. Well, and what was that? He just like drank some water and took a free kick and scored a goal from what fifty yeah. yards away. It was, or something. It, was a, it was a corner kick. He, yeah. Okay. He, oh, okay. He, he yeah. drank. He drank. A, he opened up a water that was that a, a fan had drank it. Took a sip or whatever. Took the corner kick and then the whoever it landed on got the goal. So he got the <laughs> assist. So on, yeah, Cortez. <laughs> I don't think it was this match, though. No, it was last one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we blew Um, our spot tonight, guys. It was so fun. Good stuff. But you still have a 40-year-old soccer player scoring two. Also, actually, quick quick line for help from Nick Murray or someone in the USL if they want to let us know. Did we witness the oldest and youngest goal scorer in USL history in the same week of matches? Hmm. That's a good. That's a good point. Because we probably did. Because I don't think anyone older than Drogba would have scored because he's forty. And I, I think fifteen would have to be as young as it gets. Right, and it would have to be an MLS two team, I'd imagine. So, huh. good. Hi, thought. friends at USL. You should uh, so, you should let us know somewhere or another. How old is Alf- Alfonso Davies? Because when Whitecaps two existed, he scored. Ooh, that's he a was good fifteen. Point. Was, no, he was fifteen. So, so who's younger by like? Yeah, years? it's between the was two. Was it them. Davies at fifteen in whatever days? It'll be one of it the days. Al- yeah, yeah sure. or Alvarez. Mm. So, but still, I mean, we could at, at the minimum we've seen the youngest hat trick scored and potentially yes. the oldest brace yeah. or oldest goal scored. But we do need to find out, USL, if it is, in fact, the oldest goal scored and the youngest goal scored in the same week. That's good stuff. Verify me. <laughs> we got to figure that out. Also, that's a good measurable to can maybe compare Davies to Alvarez in talent Davies. level. Not yeah. the same player, but talent level. That could be, could be legit. Yeah. Some of the players are Canada and some of the players are Mexico. Yes. Yeah, right. They both play. <laughs> but they both play in America, in American yeah. League, essentially. Yeah. Uh, RGV in San Antonio played to a nil-nil draw in the South Texas Derby. We were talking Charity's about caring. how RGV is going to steal some from people unexpectedly, and and this is a perfect example in my mm. in my opinion. Mm. I, the I was looking. The person was looking. They look like the better team too. I think San Antonio should be happy to get a point on this one. From I didn't watch the entire game, but the part I saw, RGV looked like they were going to take the points. So someone's going to take all the points. 
I feel like RGV often looks like they're going to win a game and then kind of blow it. I like yeah. them. I think they're a good team, and, and I want them to get more extreme with their style of play, kind of like San Antonio has. But, um, you know, they're good enough to steal them, like we said early. I, yeah, like I said, this is a perfect example. Phil, I wasn't expecting you guys to draw this game, if I'm honest. No, no one should have expected it, but, um, here we are. Yeah, well, here we are. I think they were extremely embarrassed. I talked to a couple players actually in between the games and they were really upset. And, um, I think they had a chip on their shoulder for this OC mm-hmm. game mm-hmm. and, and it's just, it's a, it's a good morale boost to beat a team as good as OC. And honestly, they, they dictated the game. I thought the whole game, they looked like the better team. And uh, pulled it out. They scored both goals, so <laughs> maybe they should. Another game where that. you scored more than one goal. <laughs> yeah, you guys are doing great at that. You're doing great. Now you see the results to go your way. I was or you know, put it in the right net instead of the wrong one. You know, we were yeah. saying that St. Louis probably should have lost six to one to L.A., but they they lost six to three. They've got fight in them, you know, and yep. and maybe they're not going to win every game. They've got a lot of guys out. People don't realize that that was first of all that was Tomas Gomez's first start of the season. Mm-hmm. He's been out with a hip injury and I think they pushed him up a little bit, um, to kind of, they felt like they needed a little bit of an edge, uh, in this game because of the loss to, to LA. Um, but we still have wall fall injured. We still have Tony walls mm-hmm. injured. Those are two really solid veteran midfielders that we haven't been able to use for most of the season. So there's reserves coming in and this team's going to improve later in the year. There's also, as we were talking about before the show, an international slot, which is kind of the, the mystery man we hope is on the way. Uh, like I said last week, St. Louis, I really want them to make a splash in some kind mm-hmm. of a, an attacker that can score some more goals um, outside of just Greg and obviously yeah. uh, Valeski, who's gone now. So they need some help and there's help, I think, on the way, I hope. Fair enough. Here, Ryan Allen might be returning soon. Hey, there it is. Big St. Louis splashy signing, Ryan Allen. No, we just got rid of Valeski. I said it. All right. <laughs> All right uh, yeah, continuing. Sacramento choke a game away here to Reno. Yeah, this is one I saw coming, not in this form but the defense just completely collapsed to start the second half which if you follow sacramento the defense completely collapsing to start the second half is normal i think that first 15 minutes is probably the worst 15 minutes for sacramento in almost every game but i is this was one that was just very confusing the team fell asleep gave up three very quick goals and then just looked shell-shocked from there on out I mean, it's Reno's been always been a problem for them. They looked good in the first half of Sacramento, and like I said, they just fell asleep to start the second half, which happens way too much for I think anyone in Sacramento's liking. And this is a great example of the good and the bad from Sacramento. That first half shows them when they play well. They are arguably one of the top teams in the West and could beat or at least hang with any team. And in the second half, they showed that they could also be one of the worst teams which in the West, which, given that their defense and keeper are basically all entirely new, is somewhat expected. I think Reno it might be starting to turn a corner. They did that around this time last season. If they could do that again, they might turn into last year's Reno, where they suddenly are 
hey, look, this is a good team as opposed to a team that probably has no chance to do anything. But moving forward, I think this could be a turning point for both teams. Sacramento needs to quickly respond, and Rito needs to keep playing like they did in the second half, and they might start moving up the table. Hmm. So I watched this game right before we started recording because I was like, I'm going to watch a game. I haven't watched Sacramento yet. I'm going to watch them because obviously they're doing so well. And, you know, I back up the pony. What pony fault, said. Maybe because the first half I watched up until the first Reno goal. In the mm. first half I was like, oh, I totally get why these guys are doing really well. They were they were the best team by at least f- double. I mean, they were so much better than Reno in the first half. They were mm. controlling the game, I thought. Is it Cohen? Is their goalkeeper? Did a great job in that first half. And then they fell apart. I just don't know how how they could do so badly. But even the the little bit that I saw of the second half, I was just like, gosh, these guys look lazy. They look like they don't care anymore. This is not a team that can do anything in the playoffs. I mean, maybe they'll make the playoffs, but if they don't fix whatever the hell happened in that game, they're mm-hmm. in big trouble in the playoffs. They're not going anywhere. Yeah, two of those goals by Reno were so similar that I was getting confused because I was half watching the game as there was, <laughs> there was a second one on. They're like, wait, that was replay. Why did they put another one on the scoreboard for a replay? Because <laughs> it was that similar. And it, and it, their goals weren't like, oh, man, that was super impressive. It was just Reno doing their job. Defensive breakdown. It really was. It really was. It's hard to watch. Speaking it, of hard to watch for Louisville fans, they uh, they go to Nashville and lose 2 nothing. Now, my, my questions, um, Phil, you were talking a little earlier about, you know, Nashville kind of needing that cutting edge. Looks like it's for Papa Mensa and Liba Malota. If they can figure out how to work with each other like that again, they'll be doing all right this year. Um, and then my other things is I think on the commentary, they gave a lot of credit to Gary Smith for for having his team that organized and playing that well against James O'Connor and, and his side. Um, was that a lot to do with Gary Smith or was that a lot to do with, there's not a lot of tape on Nashville yet. So they're still pretty fresh and not a lot of people know how they're going to attack or approach and, and vice versa. I don't think so. Uh, w- watching this game, I think two things happened. I think one is if you're going to do well against Louisville, especially away, if you, defend incredibly well and some in some ways you get a little bit lucky because uh, Louisville yeah. had some really good chances that they just didn't quite finish they were had so many close chances in this game but I mean Nashville did a great job defending and that's mm-hmm. their forte and it worked against Louisville and so I think you know teams like Nashville and maybe Pittsburgh at, at home man perhaps that that game will be pretty tough for Louisville to, to walk away mm-hmm. winning um, and again they drew or no, they lost Nashville. So anyway, I think we, maybe we found a roadmap to beat Louisville. If you can defend yeah. well enough, you might do it. Okay. The other one was Nashville's goals. Weren't that special. I thought they were a little I, bit, a little bit weak. And I thought Meloto's first one was really great in that. He almost had the run over Matt LaGrosse to take it. But. Yes. <laughs> I love that he did that, first of all. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, it makes you wonder, like, oh, in, in training, did, did a certain amount of things happen where he's like, no, 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 he's not taking it, I am. No, you know what? He probably just ran in and went, I got this, and then, yeah. like, the next penalty kick they get is totally the Rosses to take, right, to make yeah. up for it. So that was my other uh, take, is that I, I thought they defended incredibly well, but their goals weren't impressive enough for me to think this is going to continue to happen. However, I have been calling for Mensa to start, and he started this game, and he did look dangerous, and I liked it. Could keep happening. 
Yeah, much like has apparently has power in the East, Nashville undefeated at home, and I've actually not allowed a goal yet. Mm-hmm. And they've played mostly on the road. They have most of their home games late, so we mm-hmm. might see them make a jump come, looks like, June, where they get five five home or four four home games in June. So there's their opportunity to show that they're actually good. They could be a fun team come the end of the season. Oh, yeah. It's like Lily Ball light still to me. I don't. I think it's Lily Ball too much. You went too far. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lily Ball with the worst offense and a little bit worse defense. Yeah, they're like Tampa Bay, but not as good. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually works because they're really good at home. So that's apropos. Um, speaking of of apropos things, guys. Fulham and Aston Villa are going to play play each other in the in the English Championship playoff final. Evan, what are you what are you doing? You having a stroke? No, well maybe, but no, I don't I don't think so. It doesn't smell like burnt toast yet, so that's good. Our friends at Soccer Locker though can totally help you out if you need you know your your English Championship gear, your Premier League gear. If you really vibed on what Mo Salah did this season, how couldn't you? You know pick up his kit or maybe you're, you know, very much a fan of Pep Guardiola in Manchester city getting a hundred points and making Phil Foden, the youngest premier league medal winner in history. Make it happen. Do that. USL show.com. And then there's a box and it says soccer loco. Click on that. Buy things. Do it. Hi DK. How you been? Great. Good talk. Um, yeah. So before we get out of here, cause I got to do a podcast with Joe from raising bulls in about 10 minutes. Uh, I would like to tell everyone you can find us at the USL show on the Twitter. That's really cool. We're there. Come say hi. Also, uh, the USL show.com is where you can find this podcast. That's where it goes live first. So if you want to listen to it before all your friends do so that you can spoil it for them, do that. It's basically like Avengers infinity ward. <laughs> I don't feel so good. Um, and then, you know, uh, check out our Patreon, which is linked on the website. Uh, our link to soccer locos there as well. But, um, yeah, thanks, guys, for your support. Um, on behalf of Phil, who is at Phil Grooms with two L's and two O's, on behalf of Pony, who's at Iron Pony Chef on the Twitter, um, Big Kev is at K McCamish PDX, as well as at PTK Podcast. Yeah? You did it. Yeah. Yeah, got it. Got it. Uh, I, I've been your host, uh, Evan Valella, which is uh, at Valella BSFC, V as Victor, I L L E L L A BSFC on the Twitters. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Take care. Evan, how are you doing today? I'm great, Phil. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Did I do That's that good. right? <clears throat> yeah.